Welcome to the Digital Critical Gaming Podcast. Happy April Fools, everyone. Today, I am joined by Dan Bailey. Hello. Corey Andrews. Hello, everyone. And just so you know, we'll have to cancel the podcast today. Yeah, yeah, there's no actual uh, podcast. It's the uh, April Fools cast. Uh, uh. And a new combatant has entered the arena. My good friend, Roger. Hello. As always, I am Kyle, your intrepid entrepreneur through this vastness of space. Woo! Because it's all about space today. Oh, got some cool news. You do? I got a track IR. Ooh, I expect a written review for that one to be put up on the <laughs> podcast then with lots of pictures. <laughs> I, I thought you said you didn't like Natural Point. No, I never said that. Oh, all right, well. I don't like the cost of track air, 150 bucks. Kind of, <laughs> yeah, kind that, of ridiculous. That's a thing, but... but hey, if it works, it works. Um, so first up on the podcast today, we are going to talk about Star Trek Online. They have a new player experience, and um, they're doing some more content with their uh, Delta Rising expansion. So that's always good news for them. We also have some Star Citizen news. They had their recent 1.1 patch, which included equipment rentals and in-game currency to help people buy different ships and weapons inside the game to, to test things out with. Um, and we can talk about how that's pay to win or not. And then the last thing is um, Elite Dangerous had their uh, wings update which included a lot of help for the multiplayer component of that game. Shared quest objectives, trade dividends, all sorts of stuff like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. had the hiccups there. Uh, so first off, we're going to talk about STO. <laughs> Woo! <clears throat> so STO, for those that don't know, is Star Trek Online. It was introduced in 2009 along with the JJ-verse um, movie. And it actually has a lot of Star Trek people inside doing voices like um, Quinto. <laughs> and they have pretty much all of the Voyager cast in there for the Delta Rising expansion, right? Uh, yeah. most of them. Well, they don't have Janeway, though, unfortunately, or Kate yeah, Mulgrew, they... which would have been really cool. Well, they got a bunch but... of them, but not a whole bunch. They got uh, yeah. Jerry Ryan and Seven of Nine. Uh, Peter, or... Robert Picardo? That's the thing, yeah, right? Picar uh, yeah, Picardo. <laughs> the, the Doctor. <laughs> yeah, or the Doctor. doctor. <laughs> um, Robert yes. Picardo. Um... They have Tim Russ in there too, don't they? Tuvok. Yes, yes, they have Tuvok's Tim. in everything. He, I, he had yeah. to see a Star Trek thing without Tuvok in somewhere. He's in everything. He's even in Generations, sort of. <laughs> yeah, he's in one scene or something like that. He's on the Enterprise B. <laughs> oh, he was on the B. I didn't realize he was that. on the Enterprise B as a human. Oh, <laughs> he does that okay. sometimes. That's Tuvok's yeah. mother from another uh, brother from another mother. <laughs> Um, he was a revolutionary in uh, Deep Space Nine as well as a human, I think. He was also a Klingon at one point. He, had, he actually played <laughs> yeah, Tuvok. He actually played Tuvok in, in a DS9 uh, two-part episode, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I don't think it was a two-part. I think it was one of the Mirror Universe episodes. It was uh, the one where Cisco first goes over and plays alternate Cisco and... Oh. Has fun with alternate, uh, crap, what was his last name? <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> Who cares? We're getting off topic. Alternate, yep. alternate person with beards. Well, if we really want to go off topic here, I watched the la uh, the Next Generation episode last night with Picard, and when he goes <laughs> that, to that, finds that satellite... When he finds the satellite and he lives on that planet... Oh, the, the whistle episode? The oh, whistle episode. That one, that one's actually pretty good. I like that one. Yeah, well, it's later seasons. It's obviously not season one or two. No. <laughs> well, right. <laughs> um, so, a couple of different things that are that are big news is um, they have a new player experience. So that helps people who are joining the game for the first time, and also people who create 
low-level alts to help get them through the low-level stuff, which is fairly old by this point. And... Most of it's been revamped as well, though. Actually, yeah. the revamp of the the whole beginning and the introduction of Star Trek Online, I think, is the best beginner area I've ever experienced. Which one for the Federation? The Klingons, the Romulans. The Federation. I like the. They've redone it all, and just the interactivity of everything is amazing. It, they've really done a really good job, on my perspective. And that this was only changed what maybe a year or two ago, and it's still being done today. Uh, most of those updates came with uh, the update of Legacy of Romulus, where we got a yeah. full, finally got a full Klingon play experience where you can level all the way through. Got the Romulans and I, I like the Romulan starting story. That's phenomenally good. I really, yeah, really liked my, how they did that. Yeah, that's still my personal favorite tutorial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a survivor and you get to join up with a militia and go off. And... Yeah, you're just there running your own business. Then some butthole comes in and ruins your day. Yep. <laughs> As so often happens with these things. Yeah, well, you know, you spend the rest of your career, you know, making it your mission to ruin his day, which you do. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you compare Star Trek Online to the beginning of World of Warcraft, if you're looking to introduce someone to how to play the game, Star Trek Online does it better. Yeah, Star Trek Online has a phenomenal starting sequence, and yeah. it really gets you... It really gives you the proper tools and the proper explanations on how exactly, to play the game, yeah. which I think a lot of MMOs do not get right at all. I, yeah. I find with a lot of MMOs, there's a lot of Googling to try to figure out what to do. Yeah, one reason why I don't think I ever really got into WoW. Get a lot of trouble like, oh, really what am I doing? What am I doing? With the... <laughs> with the... Um... Core abilities tab in the Warcraft spellbook that helps that so much for new players now. You can just yeah. yeah. What's my rotation? Oh right, ten years that's later. Rotation <laughs> right. Well, the only problem I have with that core abilities tab in WoW is it doesn't explain any of the other stuff that you might have. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't want to. They want because a large part of the player experience according to them i completely disagree is figuring out that stuff yourself i think people Mm -mm. are stupid Mm -hmm. and need to be taught that it's just like that is just the basics of how to play the game that is your interface with the world if you can't do that you can't interface with the world correctly so that means you need to be stepped through that all the way otherwise you're at a severe handicap but yeah some people disagree yep um there's also with the new player experience a version of um, bolstering for people who have played um, SWOTOR. They would know it as bolstering. For other players, they will know it as twinking. So it's easier to get gear and abilities and weapons (coughs) for the lower levels that will help you just obliterate stuff and get through it that much faster. Italy, I never had much problem with that anyway. I never did either. I always thought it was kind of easy in the early levels, but hey, anything to get you through that stuff faster and onto yeah, the higher tier content is yeah, better. Yeah, well, I've always gotten to that stuff quickly. I mean, usually by the time I finish the faction storyline, which ends about level 40, I was at level 50, so it's like, yeah. okay. <laughs> and there's all sorts of new um, account rewards and unlocks as well, which is really cool. I like account bound anything. Oh yes. That I'm I'm sorry, but if you're an MMO and you encourage people to play other characters, you need to have account locked stuff. It just makes it so much easier, and it gives me uh, it, it's the carrot for me to make more tunes in in your game. Yeah. One thing I like about the account bank that uh, I like over. And still, more than I like to say in Tor, is you can actually transfer money using it, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah. Um, you don't have to at, type anything in. You just hit one button and deposit all of it or withdraw all of it. EverQuest 2 had had a very similar feature for alts. It, had, uh, it was actually in the normal bank interface. It had your personal bank, which obviously was much larger. Then it had the shared bank, which had like seven slots that you could put bags in and, and load up with more stuff. And then it had two different gold 
storage areas. One was shared and one was um, character. So that's always a good thing. I think they should just count one account as one person and just have everything shared across, including like rep grinds, all that. Because yeah. simply, it's like on Warcraft now, I have had to cut myself down to one character because going through the dailies with everyone at the uh, point I, I got to I now, it was just taking too long. And I was thinking, no, this is stupid. This is taking up too much of my day and I'm not getting anything done at this point. Right. So, yeah. Well, I, well one thing I, I think every across those accounts because once they've got that account functionality there really there is no reason not to do that <laughs> well yeah well, i mean like with um stow i mean admittedly i would like it if when i get one of their reputations all the way to max that it's maxed on all the characters but mm -hmm. they at least have it so that you can then go in and create a use that character that has it maxed out create a little sponsor token send it over to another tune when and they use it on their character and their rep, and it like halves pretty much everything. So getting from tier zero to tier one takes one day instead of two, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And like the that I don't mind. Oh yeah, yeah it's, it's good. Well, the way the way I did it anyway was there was one mission, one project that took about twenty hours and needed a few things, and like, and I pretty much would go in each day once, go in queue up for an event for that particular rep. And when I completed it, I'd get the rep reward plus a daily rep reward, which would give me more than enough of whatever rep I needed to put towards that 20-hour project. So I would really go in, get what I need for the 20-hour project, and that's all I needed to do. And I could either go do something else, do, do the same thing for other projects, for the other reputations, or log out and go do something else. So that's it's, actually, it's a grind, but it does, it's not a... You have to spend hours, uh, hours at a time. I right. mean, you could literally mm -hmm. spend 15, 30 minutes a day doing it and then be done. <laughs> Leggett, you don't understand how many ults I have. Like, 30, 30 minutes to get through each character is far too much. That's like six Let's hours. See. Yeah, yeah, I'm just <laughs> yeah, thinking about all the I characters I have. Yeah, I know how much of an ultaholic you are. Dude, you make me look normal, okay? <laughs> I have a problem. Yeah, if I was to do half an hour of dailies on all of my tunes in, say, Warcraft, that would be four hours. Yeah. yeah well, four the way I did hours. It... That's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, well, the way I did it in Stow is I focused on one tune at a time, so... Plus, I have no life, so I have a lot more free time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are these new equipment packs that they're talking about? Uh, from what I understand from reading the thing, is basically when you com uh, complete because you're kind of doing an kind of an altered experience leveling because you're talking to some temporal agent or something, trying to get information on the Iconians, which the Iconian war is coming. You know, the Iconians are coming. The Iconians are coming. And the packs will basically just give you you uh, find stuff and you turn it in and do, as a reward you get basically level appropriate gear to be better. Though personally, you could have white gear pretty much the entire time and be perfectly fine. But right, that this is them trying to to get you through it faster to get to the to the yeah, make it easier stuff. to get better gear so that you know it doesn't take you twenty minutes to blow up on ship. That that's good. You know, that's good. Anything to get through the old content faster is always a good. Thing. Do you get that problem where you're too well geared? Because I had that in Warcraft the other day where I started up a new character in the undead area, and there's a mission pretty early on where you've got to capture a Murgul, which is like an undead Murloc, and take it back so someone can have it as a pet. And I'd run up, hit it with my sword to take its health down, get ready to capture it. Oh, bollocks, it's dead. Yeah, you ah, it. yeah. Right. And then. Hunters are just overpowered to begin with. <laughs> I just had to, I had to end up just getting naked and just running up and meleeing the thing with my bare hands in the end. Otherwise, it would yeah. just oh. die. I I even had to do that in EverQuest Two um, because at the time I was a high end raider. I had most of the best gear available, and I went back and was doing. I think it was a daily or something like that, and I was using my second to least powerful spell on my druid 
and it was one-shotting the thing that I needed to capture. It was yeah, one of those, you got to lower it to certain health and then use a tool to capture it. Yeah, one-shotting it. I had to strip down naked and just, you know, punch it. This wasn't end-level stuff. This was, like, mission number 15. It was, right. like, really early. Yeah, yeah in Stowe's never had that issue because if you have to, like, disable a ship or something, once you get it down to a certain amount of health, it basically becomes a non-target, which, okay. which is good, unless you're fighting, say, a Keldon, which has photonic... Uh, I think photonic gallows or whatever, and the only way to get rid of them easily is to destroy the ship, and then the ship becomes non-target, and you have to destroy the f stupid holograms. It's like there's a specific <laughs> mission where that happens, and it, I'm like, okay, I want to disable the ship before he activates his photonic gallor because they're a pain in the butt. So what he makes like hollow decoys, basically, and but they actually it, attack if they I shoot. Remember right. Yeah, uh, they'll hurt you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Those are the worst decoys. They're, they're holograms without the safeties on, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's also an ability that the Cardassians had at least at one time. I'm not sure if they had it where they would put down a little turret thing and would create holographic version Cardassians that you'd have to fight. Oh, God, I remember this. Was really yeah, there was a specific... Did it shout um, propaganda at you? That would be amazing. <laughs> Love well, that the, so much. Yeah, there was a specific... Uh, a flash, well, it's not a flashpoint. It was a fleet action or something, where you had to attack, where you were propelling an attack on DS9, and it would just be constantly a bunch of those, constantly over and over and over. And it was, yeah, that fleet action is no longer <laughs> in the game. <laughs> I I remember that one vaguely from when I used to play this. Yeah, I haven't played that one in like forever, and I don't even think it's in the game anymore. Because it was a random thing that would pop up because DS9 would come under attack and yeah, I barely remember the mission. I just remember that I one. Played part. That one. Oh, I know what they should do. They should add Cardassians as a faction and just make it Papers Please, but Cardassian edition. <laughs> that would be amazing. I love Papers. I would love Please. that so much. That's an awesome game. I, I love Papers Please. <laughs> I just sit here blankly not getting the reference. <laughs> Paper, Play papers, please. Papers, please oh, is a um, that is your project checkpoint simulator in yeah it's in, a paperwork simulator. It, it's basically think nondescript Russian country now opens its borders and you have to check everyone's papers as they come through and make sure they're like a legit citizen and stuff like that. And it gets progressively harder as you go along, but it's wouldn't actually that, really really good. Wouldn't that apply yeah, itself so more to a Borg faction? No, it's just these sitting there trying to come through and have thing. a better life, and like they got all these sad stories behind them. But like, you've also got to feed your family and sort of keep them alive. So you've got to sort of balance your income with your morality system. And then, like, yeah, I won't give anything away because it's it's really good. <laughs> Some yes. people aren't who they appear to be, and it can all go horribly wrong. Uh, so moving on, um. Because that was pretty much everything, right? For the um, new content that they were putting in, right? Pretty much. I mean, it's just a way to encourage people to come in and play and try out all the revamping they've done to most of the Federation missions. Sector and such. space. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sector space. Oh, dear God, I'm looking forward to that. No more having to go through three map transfers to go from Earth to New Romulus. Oh, that was so annoying when I had to do that. Yeah, yeah. It's... I played it on the, what is it, the other, the test server, and it's so Terrible. good. Yeah. So what what are they doing? Are they making it so that it's just larger maps? It basically, it's going to be divided up into each quadrant. So you'll have the Alpha Quadrant, which probably has, I think, like the Cardassian space and the Breen's, uh, well, not Breen, but the Fairy space, plus some new stuff okay. to fill it in. Then you'll have the Beta Quadrant, which will probably have most of the Federation, the Klingons, and the Romulans areas. Um, and then the Delta Quadrant, which basically... Does it take 70 years to travel to there? Because <laughs> that would be brilliant. No. No, you, oh. no, you sphere hop, basically. You use a Iconian gateway to go from into one sphere, then there's another gateway inside that sphere, which goes to another sphere, which is in the Delta Quadrant. Then you laugh at Voyager and go, ha ha ha, I bet you wish you found this. They did find that. That was stupid. Well, one... I, the end well, of Voyager didn't happen. 
if anything, if any Star Trek didn't happen, it's the end of Enterprise. But we're not going to talk about it because that didn't happen. It doesn't. I don't think it... Enterprise happened full stop. <laughs> it's just, I tried watching that. Enterprise yeah, could have no. been so good. Could have been, but it was season wasn't four good. was good. Then they cancelled it. I'd yeah. say the first episode was good. I like watched that I, first episode. The, the first episode was really very good. good. Yeah. And then they were like, like fighting the Vulcans to try to get their own ship and stuff, and the Vulcans were like, LOL, silly human, go yeah. away. And they had like plasma guns instead of um, phasers. phasers and stuff. Yeah, and it was yeah. yeah. Just, like... That was one thing I was a little disappointed with uh, Enterprise, was where they immediately brought out the phase pistols. Like, why don't you just keep the laser? It makes it more yeah. realistic. Mm-hmm. And then they could have had it like as a big game changer at the end of the series. Is like, hey, guys, we developed phaser technology. Well, we just figured it. this out. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that could have been different. the Deus Ex Machina. Is like mm-hmm. we discovered phasers. Yeah. Well, there was one hilarious scene that it couldn't have happened without the phase pistols, where they're on this planet uh, of humans that have been transplanted. Where I've heard that before. And one of them's got to Paul, got a gun pointed at Paul, and Reed just stuns her. And he, the guy's just standing there, like, huh? <laughs> which, it's like, okay, that's an awesome scene, which couldn't happen without the face pistol, but still. <laughs> tasers exist. Yeah. Yeah, tasers are a thing. <laughs> yeah, I think there are a few people that would want to tase the Paul. Or pretty much the entire Enterprise crew, or the. We're getting off topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll rant for a while about what's wrong with Enterprise. <laughs> D- definitely don't get me started on the new new movies. We won't we'll be here all night. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's not gaming related. Sorry. <laughs> no. Uh, they made no. a game of it. Apparently, it was terrible. Well, <laughs> STO is a game of it, yeah, kinda, because it came out of the, the same universe, same not the alternate year. universe where death no longer has any meaning, yeah, and it gets yeah. transported. Across the <laughs> it's okay, like it's okay. <laughs> Alright, so um Star Citizen. Yay! Yay! They uh had their 1.1 update, which introduced a store within the game universe where you can use this imaginary currency that you earn in multiplayer matches um to rent different pieces of equipment like different lasers and gatling guns and things like that all the way up to renting actual ships and the reason why they did this is because a lot of people would go out and they would using their real real life cash buy a super hornet which in the multiplayer uh games is pretty much op and just destroys everything with a minute's notice. So Um, it's actually OP, not people saying it's OP. Yeah, because there's uh, a lot of gun mounts on it and that kind of thing. It's a demilitarized or or demilled military um, ship. And it's the only one that's like that. So it it, it has a little bit of an unfair advantage. So what people were doing in the multiplayer matches is just playing Super Hornets. Which is all fine and dandy, because you can have great fun with just Super Hornets. But it doesn't really go too far in the realms of testing for balance and things like that. So with this introduced um, earned currency, which they call Wreck, uh, you can go in and rent different things for testing purposes. The reason why they did that is they can con- control... If something goes on sale, like if they want a particular laser to be tested, they can go, it's um, 70% off, or this one's free for the weekend, or something like that, to try to get more people to test it. I have to ask a question, though. Sure. Um, When they first released it, did everyone get the Avenger for the weekend? Because I had the Avenger. They had a... For one week, they had everything's that's flyable is unlocked, and then they also had a free fly weekend. Oh, okay, because I was flying the Avenger, and that is, of course, my favorite. That's a that's a good ship. I like that one. Yeah, that's my favorite one. Actually, the one they just released recently, uh, by email, looks amazing too. Um, the one that looks kind of like an A10 Warthog, but in space. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember what it's 
called, but it's basically a ship that's built around a massive Gatling gun in the nose. Yeah. Whoa. It looks amazing. Oh yeah, the um um Super Hornet. That's all it has is miniguns. <laughs> Got tons of miniguns. I'm just imagining like a giant space hornet with a gun in its tail now. That's pretty much what a super hornet is. Oh, that's so cool. Dan, I have is one like... of those because it's two person, so you can get in the gunner oh, seat for that's me. Awesome. Dan Bailey is online. Really? He's on the Skype call. Whoa, we could have double me. <laughs> yeah, both of your accounts are now online. Don't think the internet can handle that. That's kind of kind of funny. I'm <coughs> able to see the new ship with on the email thing. Oh, okay. So yeah, it logged you into Skype on through the mm. website or something, and that's that's kind of weird. That's probably why you have so many password issues. Oh, probably. Especially since bloody Hotmail makes me change my password like every two days. So I always forget it because they made me change it. So they make me forget it. So they make me change it. It's just, uh, anything which doesn't let you use the same password twice is stupid. They should have a cooldown thing on it. So like if you haven't used it for a couple of years, it's open again. That would make sense. Yeah, I think I'll stick with Gmail. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. But getting back to, to the wreck and their in-game store, which is a, a jab at EA, because it's called EA. <laughs> I, I love how everything in that game is somehow related to an actual producer or development studio. Like, the Arena Commander lore behind it is you're playing a video game inside of a video game made by Original Systems. Which, if you didn't know, Origin was the development company that made Wing Commander, which is also a star or, or a, a Chris Roberts um, product. So, kind of cool. But yeah, they have everything related to actual stuff. And, and in this case, it's kind of a jab to, to EA because it's a um, yep. microtransaction put, type of stuff. Microtransaction stores and everything. Mm hmm. Um, but I like this system, and I don't care what people say, because it's going to introduce more varied things into the world for testing. And at this stage of the game, what needs to happen is a whole lot of testing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's in the phase of development where they're doing all of the um, formulas on damage resistance and things like that so this is the easiest stage of the game to make sure that everything's balanced before they have too many things to try to deal with so if you're sitting there in a 325a using all omni sky mark 6 lasers which they call a uh, an omni boat because you're only using one type of weapon um that's not really testing. That's playing the game, mm -hmm. which is perfectly fine. But it's testing one thing, it, right? <laughs> it's very specific testing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just not not what the game needs right now. So this is a good thing. I don't care what people are saying. It is not pay to win, because if anything, this removes the pay to win. Because you go in there, you play some matches. Even if you lose, you still gain a little bit of this currency, and then you go and you rent. A bigger better ship if you want to mm. so that's a way you get around the pay to win stuff that people are claiming yeah because it's already pay to win i don't see why they're complaining about pay to win for a thing which its pricing structure is based currently off pay to win it's like that's how it's funding the game mm -hmm. um now the other the other thing to remember is once the game actually releases you are not going to be able to buy ships for real cash yeah. Once the game releases, you will have to earn the stuff in game, which makes complete sense. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the, the ship, how it works. The, the ship stuff is only a funding model for while they develop yeah. the game, and a lot of people forget that. And also, like with the um, renting, get all the ships thing, I want. Then, <laughs> if totally, you're thinking about, totally didn't know if you're that. thinking about buying a ship with 
real money, you can test it using the renting thing and go, is right. this shit for me? Yep. And then go, yes, it is. I will buy it. Or, no, this thing's bollocks. I'm going to buy something else. And it's just like, I, I, I don't see a downside to it, personally. Yeah, it just exactly. sounds like a nice system I'd like to see in Stowe with their ships. Yeah. Actually, yeah, that would be pretty cool, but I don't know. Just as long as you get all your stuff, you put in it back. <laughs> It's like um, Planetside had that. Um, Try the weapon the mode for yeah the two VR days mode thing. What? Yeah, there was the VR mode, which was um, a testing ground that you could yeah. just get anything that you wanted. And then they also had, if you were subscribed to the game, they had a, I think it was either twenty four hours or forty eight hour pass where you could essentially rent a weapon and try it out before you buy it to make sure it yeah. fit your play style. So I, I think more games should have, where appropriate, more games should have that kind of system. I don't think, say, um, WoW could do it, because if you... Oh, I don't know. If you, well, like, if, if you could rent a legendary... A top-level character for, like, to see if you like okay. that play style? Yeah, I if could you see like, that. You, I don't think it would like work a test too well. Dungeon? Mm -hmm. I don't think it would work too well for renting individual pieces of equipment. Though. Oh, no, 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 that wouldn't work at all. But yeah, certainly like classes, if you like go, I don't know whether I'm going to like a level 100 hunter here, we'll run a level 100 test dungeon and then go through going, yep, yeah, that's quite right. fun. I will level a hunter next. Yeah. I think that would work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Might to get me to play a while. Well, <laughs> except for the fact that I can't level past 20 at the moment. Just boost. That's what it's there for. For people who are too lazy to grow. <coughs> no, I... He, 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 yeah, I can't. Well, I can't go past twenty. Oh, what? <laughs> Subscribe then, boost. <laughs> yes, because I have all this no money. Let me just use that no money, and I'll get that no money with the no the, the, whatever. <laughs> I was going somewhere, but I went off the rails. <laughs> That's hard. We, we have topics and and rails here. Since when? This is Digital <laughs> Critical Gaming Podcast. We're we are made of tangents, sir. Yeah, made of tangents. I listened to the Dragon Age one. I was oh. <laughs> you poor, poor soul. That the hardest part about that one was not respond. Was not talking back. <laughs> <laughs> My problem with the Dragon Age podcast was I had no idea what the hell was going on. I wanted to join in. I kind of wish I had been there. It was it was a fun I kept, conversation. I kept waiting to be called back. Just like Dan, shut up. Let someone else talk. <laughs> Dan, shut up. Well, I, talking, you, you know way, way more about the lore and everything in that universe than I do. <laughs> I know too much. Yeah, because I only I played the first game. Stuff. But yeah, that's another another topic for another podcast. Yeah. Does Speaking Dan my... know too much about Dragon Age podcast? I think we need an intervention. <laughs> Dan, stop playing Dragon Age. <laughs> get, get out of the hinterlands, because that was my problem. <laughs> That, that was my problem with Dragon Age, was I had to 100% the Hinterlands before I moved on. Yeah, I currently have a brand new mage that I just made today, and I'm currently in the Hinterlands. Bloody Hinterlands! You, you know it's pretty bad when even Bioware sends out a tweet at one point saying, <laughs> get out of the Hinterlands. <laughs> that That's bad yeah. level design, if you ask me, but... Yeah, well, my cute whether when I need to get out of an area is when I run into a fade rift that's like five levels above me, and I go. <laughs> they stuck a like a level eighteen fade rift in the middle of going to the horse farm. I think that's on, on purpose to say get out of the hinterlands. You're not. But meant I wanted to be a horse. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I know. I know. Twelve I think one by the river, the but I don't was... think there's an eighteen one. They tried to get you out of the hinterland using mechanics when they really needed someone to say, go back to base. Just report in. It's just All I wanted was to unlock the damn horses to make it faster to travel around. That's all I wanted. I actually have ne never really used a horse. I just run everywhere. Uh, at least their horses are better than Skyrim horses. I didn't use the horse until I got the war nug, and oh, now I can't God. use anything but the war nug. It's got antlers. You, I don't even know how you get the unlock the special ones. Oh, you gotta find. I see them. that. I see that tab, but I have no idea what, how to get them. You, you gotta. You gotta go out and find them using those uh, uh, mission things. The mission table with the cards. I forget what it's called. War table. Yeah, the war table. You, you unlock a, a few of them using that. 
Uh, you need uh, to get the Nugaloop, it. you need a lot of gold. <laughs> yeah, that one I think you just buy in game, but you, you... yeah, it's a hidden shop in Orle, and you just buy it mm -hmm. and for like ten thousand gold, and then it's just like yeah, Nugaloops. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm, don't worry about it. I don't, I don't mount up anyway. I just run over and pick up resources as I go. Mm -hmm. The problem is with the mounting up is that you can't hear your companions gibber, and like gibbering companions is one of the best parts. Yeah, there's yeah. actually a, a thing on YouTube that has all of the uh, companion banter. It's like 10 hours long. <laughs> but does it have every combination? I don't know. I, I never actually listened to it. I, I don't know. I would assume it has all the conversations and everything. I mean, it is 10 hours long, so I hope it has all the conversations. You never know. Anyway, my achievement was achieved today because I managed to derail the podcast into fantasy on what was meant to be the space podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, you you, you win the podcast, sir. You win the podcast. <laughs> I helped. <laughs> yep. Thanks, Lego. <laughs> you, you get, uh, you, you're now the associate producer of the podcast. Thanks, Roger. So yeah, um, getting back to Starcism, they um, included in almost all the game packages the alpha access, because for a while there, the game packages only had beta and onwards, even though we're in alpha. Mm -hmm. So that means if you bought a game package, you could load in your hangar, you could see your ship, but you couldn't actually do any of the alpha stuff, which is the Arena Commander module. Don't forget about the buggy. Well, the buggy you just buy. Which is awesome. And yes. totally worth it. Yes, especially if you have one of the larger hangers, like uh, an AeroView or uh, the Revel in York. Which I have are... the smallest hanger, and it is still worth it. <laughs> are they ever planning to get more than one person in the same hangar so you can go on You can already do races? that. You can go on golf cart races! There's only one one buggy, but you can get ah, multiple people in, in your See, hangar. Kind of. There, you you have a, to do kind a of a, a, a trick to, to get people in there, but it is possible to do. Game mode waiting to happen there. Oh, they've already said they're gonna have buggy races and stuff like that. <laughs> in in one of the one of the one of the hangars before they did the redesign, there was actually jumps and hoops and all sorts of all other things periods. for for the buggies well like an obstacle course kind of deal so uh, that that is going to be a thing that that's going to happen um just not right now because it's not quite a high priority mm -hmm. um so what they did now is they include the alpha access inside the packages so you don't have to then go oh wait you also need to buy this five dollar add-on to play alpha so that makes it a lot nicer for new people to try to get in and play the game as it is right now. It's still not the easiest website to navigate around and figure out what exactly you're buying because there's packages which include the the game and then there's individual ships that you can buy. And it's real easy to buy a ship without a game package. So you can buy a ship, but not actually have the game. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can see a lot of people being happy with that. Yeah. Um, and they're getting better with that, fortunately. But yeah, uh, everything's looking better and better for Star Citizen. Now once they get their multiplayer servers fixed a little bit better, um, I'll be playing that a lot more. Hopefully with my good friend Dan, because he's got a game package, and hopefully with my good I, friend I'm going to racing at two miles an hour every touch. <laughs> oh, that was that was really the first time I ever did a race too. So I had no <laughs> idea where I was going on that course. Yeah, I'll be making ults in other games. That's fine. Just indulging in my alcoholism. Oh god. No, I am really looking forward to the <laughs> just Multiple people taking up different positions in the ship. Just that whole aspect yeah. of yeah, the multi-person ships are going to be phenomenal. Yeah, everybody's going to have a different really position. It, anything really is just—it's just a really cool concept. I I really like the idea of everyone being part of a crew right. in those things because yeah, like if you look at 
pretty much every space-based thing. There's hardly ever one where it's just a single guy in a ship commanding the whole ship. Pretty much every spaceship sci-fi thing is an entire crew of people. Right. And it's like, why don't we have more of that? It's like, there's pretty much only Artemis Bridge Simulator, which really does that at the moment. Mm-hmm. Do you think of any others? Um... There's, There's a uh, couple... Guns of Icarus Online for Zeppelins, but... That's... Right, yeah, that's pretty much the only other thing that has, like, a multi-crew yeah. thing. Um, but I have several multi-crew ships <laughs> in my hangar. I have a Redeemer gunship, which has a couple of different turrets. Um, it also has drop pods and things like that. Um, and then I also have the Super Hornet, which has a... Um, uh, a, a turret and the second person can get in the turret and shoot that they've also said that any of the two seaters um, you will have a radio intercept officer in the back controlling the sensors and the radars and all of that stuff helping you pick out targets to go for next that kind of thing um, so that's going to be a, a big help it's, it's very much going to be an actual simulator Versus something mm-hmm. that's a little bit more arcadey, like Elite right now is a little bit more arcadey to me. Um, with that being said, Elite is still a very fun game. Speaking of Elite, they had their uh, Wings update, which includes the group mechanics. There's still nothing quite like a guild or fleet in there quite yet. But you can group up with, um... I have a transfer that failed, okay. Um, a group of, group up with three other people, so you can have four people to a wing. You can share mission objectives. You can share missions. If you are bounty hunting, for example, and you kill a wanted, <coughs> a wanted, uh, vessel whoever is trying to send stuff sorry yeah that's me it's lego super hornets oh yeah yeah (laughs) did did that actually get approved by lego because i know there's there's some people that had they it it, the way lego works they have a an idea website and you can build it submit it and people vote on it well the lego super hornet had something like twenty thousand votes for yes which is well above the 10,000 that lego goes okay we'll take an official look at this i don't know if they um if lego is actually going to do it i think they should one of the arguments about it was the whole um it's a weapon type of deal and i go well they have pirates Lego star wars it's like lego star wars exists yeah there's loads of guns yeah there's lego star wars there's also pirates and what i said was this is just space pirates Mm -hmm. but going back to elite because someone keeps trying to get me off topic (laughs) not exactly hard uh so (laughs) Damn it, guys, you're making this. I wasn't even trying. <laughs> I blame Roger. Not my fault. You're I'm all fired. Get, I, <laughs> I know I don't pay you anything, but you're all fired. <laughs> but thankfully, now Elite doesn't feel like a um, chat with a single player game. It's actually multiplayer now, it's since you can group up and share all the objectives um now you can have a big massive trading ship that's an easy target but it can have a player escorting it with it and you get a cut of the profits from the trade run if you're escorting it so it gives the combat people an incentive it gives the trader trade people an incentive it gives people incentives for grouping up with other people so it's um it's good they've also increased the difficulty in some of the uh, random encounters 
if you find something called a strong signal source, more than likely it'll have multiple ships inside of it waiting to try to um, either attack you or whatever the random encounter is. So you, for those ones, you, you pretty much need at least one other person with you unless you're completely overpowered, which is definitely possible in that game if you have uh, something like a python or an anaconda, which are two of the biggest uh, late game ships. So if you if you build those out for combat, you can take out several of the medium and um, and light ships fairly easily. You can even take out multiple heavies if you're careful. So that's a good thing. That brings um, that brings that game a lot closer to to what I think it it should be. I wish the um, combat was a little bit more lucrative. They have decreased the cost of fuel and the cost of repairs inside the game dramatically. So um, the funds that you receive from combat are offset now by dramatically lower costs of running a combat ship. So that, that kind of evens it out a little bit more. Trade is still one of the most profitable ventures in the game, unfortunately. I, I wish it was a little bit more level in that regard just how many times have you got everyone together with all their space trucks and just listened to convoy and gone along and just done that that would be amazing we do trade convoys all the time because <laughs> the way the trade bonus works is you get an extra five percent of the other person's sales the other person doesn't lose sales. You gain 5% of what the profit is. Okay. So if you have four ships all trading, making half a million at each stop, that adds up real quick. And we may have played Convoy a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of needs to happen. Rubber duck. Rubber duck. <laughs> yeah, who is rubber duck? Which one? Um, I don't. I don't think we've. No, we don't need to a... sing that song. <laughs> we don't need to sing that song. It's okay. We can just forget about it. What? What? what what's wrong with Convoy? I play Convoy. It's okay. Just pretend the song doesn't exist. <laughs> I just really do not like the song. If someone has bad memories associated with Convoy. I think. <sighs> Either that or Dick is the one singing it. Those are the bad memories, I think. Yeah, did they get singing? That that would be Mike for for our usual listeners. Yeah, um, yeah, Mike can't sing. He tries sometimes. He can sing, just not well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does quite often. Mm. That's a face bomb <laughs> right there. Face bomb. Uh, so that pretty much wraps up the elite stuff. Um, we have one more thing to discuss, and that is Homeworld Remastered. Uh-oh, that's me. Yep. Oh, I'm just me. happy that it came back, because trying that's to so get good. Homeworld, for, if you didn't purchase it or have lost your copy, like what happened to me, that game was impossible to buy anywhere. Yeah, I saw it on eBay for $400. Pass. Sorry, not not worth it. <laughs> oh, it's so worth it. No, I've got that. I've got um, Homo Catalyst, which is still rare because they actually lost the source code for that one. That was the expansion. That was really good. That's the actual sequel, as far as I'm concerned, because Homeworld Two didn't happen. It's it's a big pile of bollocks, really. Yeah, yeah. Bollocks Home, in space. Homeworld Two did not happen. <laughs> but yeah, um, just not a thing. Homeworld Remastered is great because it got me to play homeworld again problem is like a lot of the balancing is more sided yeah because they rebalanced everything as part of the remaster they made it more balanced on the side of the homeworld 2 balancing which ain't so great compared to the homeworld one so it's like what what, what changed as far as the, the actual balance then uh well fighters they don't have any armor at all anymore. So, like, sending fighters against anything, um, you're just throwing away money, essentially. <laughs> it's just completely pointless. 
they are, also are they took glass away... cannons or they're just completely worthless? No, no, they're 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 glass bricks. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, they have one use, which is if oh, you send they? a bunch of fighters against an enemy capital ship, they're so busy trying to shoot down the fighters that they don't realize you've just sent in a hundred salvage corvettes to steal all their ships. Oh, okay. So you use them as a distraction. Yeah, that's even then they're not great distractions because um one of the things they've done is they've nerfed the behavior uh routines quite a lot. You used to be able to have uh, aggressive where they just fly straight at the enemy ships and get as many shots in as they can before pulling away. Neutral, which is where they obviously the halfway in between. Um they yeah, time their shots well, but they'd also like try to stay out of enemy fire and stuff. Or evasive, which is where most of the time they just fly around as fast as they can not shooting anything so that you can get your salvage corvettes in and steal all their ships while they're not looking but this time it's just uh with the home Audrey remastered it is just aggressive and so there's, uh, there's no option to control. it doesn't change their behavior it just changes their um the stats for whether or not they put energy to armor which they don't have any of or weapons so you might as well just put them on aggressive because that defensive boost isn't going to do anything um yeah apart from that it's still brilliant because homeworld has one of the best stories of any rts game it still has it's... one of the best soundtracks oh the, the soundtrack is, is so good and it it's still worth has it just to get the soundtrack in my mind yes oh definitely it's it's just yeah wow <laughs> it's so good and it's beautiful i mean the original was still looked good even though it was obviously the texture yeah. for showing their age the backgrounds still look amazing uh yeah another problem with it i have is that it doesn't let me play as the team i want to play as i always played as the yellow guys the more military looking ships whereas it makes right. me play as the blue chromey guys with the more sci-fi looking ships and it's just like oh i wanted the military ships they looked awesome i wonder uh, if there will be a um patch oh, some, or someone's going to mod it in it's there is modding available for the game and it's so obviously going to happen yeah there 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 probably will be some mod to bring it more closer to what homeworld was like you can play it you can play that team in multiplayer complex mod was the best mod ever someone's made a mass effect one i really want to get that that sounds cool. oh really a oh. mass effect mod for homeworld just sounds awesome uh, they also that. made one for uh stargate 2 for stargate 1 stargate 1 for homeworld 1 this is i mean i i tend to pretend that homeworld 2 never happened because it retconned so much of the story so it didn't make any sense at all anymore and just yeah the mechanics of it was much more sort of rock paper scissors for the different ship types compared to the homeworld one is like although things had advantages against things you could send um a non um optimized ship a ship against a non-optimal battle and still have a chance of it coming out successfully it's like you really just had to roll the dice and hope for the best and it's just oh it was so good and like you come up from the it was fully 3d so you could like fly really far up and come down on them when they weren't expecting and then uh oh and the other thing i love about it is that all the resources you collect go onto the next mission which oh, is brilliant that's so nice i forgot about that unfortunately it triggers a little ocd in me which is that i cannot move on from a mission until, until i've collected everything. every resource in the area which once took me three hours after i'd killed the enemy so you've <laughs> just completed going, it like, and then you spent three hours hoovering up just everything. mining just mining tiny tiny asteroids <laughs> millions of miles apart it's just like yeah there's still resources in this mission, in this space i cannot move on uh, yeah that was great and you can tell it's a even with all my complaints, you can tell it's a good recreation because I've got stuck and got bored on exactly the same mission as I did in the original, which is great. <laughs> so Yay! If it's anything like the original, I'll come back to it in about three years and go, why did I get stuck on that mission? It was easy. Probably will so, happen. Yeah. But yeah, brilliant game. Really glad it's there. Everyone should get it. It is amazing. How much is it? It's only like 29, I yeah. think. 
Steve, well, I, let me look. I managed to cheat it slightly. I was really lucky in that um, what I did, there was a thing which I found was like for the Gearbox community event in 2013. 35 bucks for Homeworld. In the subtext, uh, the, the small print at the bottom, they said they'd give you Homeworld if you, what, if you got the ticket for their uh, community event in 2013. So I got that ticket and was just like, well, there we go. Brilliant. Free Homeworld when it comes out. <laughs> and I got skins in Borderlands for it. So all my characters can look like bees now. Oh, and yeah. I hate bees. Bees are so cool. Can't stand bees. <laughs> so yeah, um, Homeworld Remastered, 35 bucks. Highly worth it. It's a lot of content for 35 And the game really looks Really unique amazing. game as well. There is... I can't think of a single other game like it. My it's only like, problem is it's an RTS, and I kind of suck at RTSs. But it's a really slow RTS. It's It's got the whole slow vastness of space down. It's like... can take you like half an hour to get to the enemy base. Since it just, we're, like, we're talking about remastered, someone needs to make Master of Orion remastered. That needs to be a thing. Uh, well, they, yeah, apparently Sid Meier's Starships is no good. It's only $15. What did you expect? Uh, good. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's, it, it's a fun little side thing. It's an but, iOS game. Yeah. Yep, it, I'm sure we'll see that on mobile. But yeah, I want Master of Orion 2. I'll say Master of Orion 2 as remastered. Because that was by far a lot better than Master of Orion 1. He didn't have the issue with the uh, ginormous fleets obliterating you fast. <laughs> what game would you guys want a remastered version of? Remastered version... Uh, well, I'd love it if they brought back Syndicate games, and not as a stupid first-person shooter, as the first person, like the actual yeah. Syndicate games, the, the, the top-down. Yeah. Oh, right now Syndicate is on the house, the '93 version, the good version, uh, in Origin. <laughs> yeah. So you guys can go check that out. It is free inside Origin as their on the house game. Highly recommend it. It's a phenomenal turn-based top-down game. It's, very... it's, it's real time, isn't it? I thought it was turn-based. I, I, I don't think remember. it's turn-based. No, because oh, I it was, it was, it was, uh, it was um, I was of the opinion that turn-based sucked up until I played Fallout, and then was just like, oh no, this is amazing! I, I, I was getting confused with Jagged Alliance. Ah, okay. Uh, no, it's a really cool game where you play as cyborgs in the dystopian future who may or may not have had their free will taken away from them by a corporation. And it's all very sort of what you're doing is not good in any way. And it's great. Go around sort of mind controlling civilians to swarm the enemy. The Persuadertron. I love that thing <laughs> so much. <laughs> yep, you're mine, you're mine, you're mine. Go go fight a fight you can never possibly win while I sit at the back with my Gauss launcher. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Oh, it's yeah. so good. Yeah, you're not secretly evil or anything. <laughs> What about you, Roger? I was young and didn't realize the moral implications of sending hordes of civilians as to be cannon fodder while I sit it's back a with a giant rocket Just to have fun. It's not real. God. Or is it? Whoa. These That's are the questions Syndicate gets you to ask. <laughs> We're in the Matrix, everyone. Oh, wait. I was about to say, yeah, a game which has been pretty much remastered. It's um, not actually the same one but wharf the underworld come actually comes out of early access this week which is a pretty much it is dungeon keeper 3 it is just dungeon keeper 3 what's but it called since wharf for the underworld i think oh, let me check war for the overworld war for the overworld sorry yes war for the overworld that comes out this week oh, and yeah it's just dungeon keeper 3 it looks really good for, it's been early $27 for, for the early access. And that's 10% off right now. 
but it's yeah, it's coming out of early access later in the week. So which makes me very if you want to if you want to get it on sale, get it before it actually comes out. Although we don't usually recommend pre-ordering games, but hey, ten percent off is ten percent off. <laughs> yeah, April the second is when the game is actually coming out of early access, so get it now. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Roger? Uh, for remastered, let's see. Uh, I can really only think of two games: either Space Empires Five, which I, which was a turn-based game, which I always enjoyed, only really had issues with the AI, really. Um, but one that I would definitely do simply because I'm a truck geek would have to be Birth of the Federation from way back. Oh, yeah. That one was yeah. kind of fun. Yeah, though it always amused me whenever I saw the Federation has declared war on the Malkorians. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay? Yeah, that didn't make the best calls, but hey... Yeah, I actually had one game where I went like 400 turns without a single war. What? Yeah, every single faction was a perfect piece and everything. It was like, like <laughs> crap. I then got bored and decided to attack everybody, and I, you know, wiped the floor with them. Then there's the it's time like, that I was the Ferengi, and I won the game because with the only Ferengan art because the board came in and wiped everybody out. This podcast, we have found out that young Dan is completely evil, and young Roger was good as gold and made sure everyone was at peace. What happened? Yeah, but keep in mind, once it, after a while, everyone was at peace. I got bored and blew everybody up. So what did that say? <laughs> um, that that war is fun and entertaining in a video game setting. Can't yeah. deny that. Yeah, and Brother Federation is where I get, got my love of playing at the Cardassians, so. Cardassians they, are cool. Yeah, they were hard, the, basically the hardest one to play, but they were per great for subjecting other races. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Bless you. Thank you. Yes, I, I, I am down with a cold right now, but uh, yeah, we'll get over it eventually. Are you ready for the plague? Mm-hmm. I think Corey would want a remastered version of Microsoft Flight Simulator 10. Nope. Oh. Nope. Microsoft needs to stay away from it and let real developers make <laughs> flight simulators. <laughs> okay, so so barring Flight Simulator 10, what 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 remastered game would Corey want? Oh, that's a hard question. Uh, you know what? I would love to see a Star Wars Battlegrounds remake. Not bad. Is it Battlegrounds? Yeah, Battlegrounds. Wait, no, you mean, Battlefront you mean Battlefront? No, not Battlefront. Battlegrounds. It's the RTS. It's like Age of Empires. Um, I'm not familiar with that. It's quite yeah. old. But it's it, Empire it's, at War. Yeah. There's Empire at War, but it's the one before that that was more like Age of Empires. Hmm. Yeah, and it was a lot better than Empire at War. Yeah, I have Empire at War, and I ended up just going around seeing my Death Star after everything. Yeah. I didn't like it because there was too many restrictions, whereas um, uh, Star Wars Battlegrounds was much more like Age of Empires, where you had more control over what you wanted to do without too many restrictions. Like, you could build an entire army, whereas Empire at War was like, okay, you can have two AT-ATs, two ATSTs, mm -hmm. and five squadrons of men. That's it. Whereas in That's Battlegrounds, so cool. you could have like a thousand AT-ATs. It was amazing. <laughs> you you want to you hear my... my hatred of battlefront uh which battlefront one or two one okay i was trying to play against my friend and the battleground was so massive we couldn't actually find each other to shoot <laughs> <laughs> we even like got on on, on the phone with each other because we were doing it over xbox we called each other up and was like, where are you? I cannot find you. <laughs> Ugh. Ever since then, I was just like, yeah, no, sorry. Don't really care for Battlefront. Battle... Battlefront 2, I played a lot of that game. Yeah, the single player for Battlefront 2 is actually pretty fun. Oh, it was really good. Although, uh, the thing I liked most of all was playing as, the, what are they called? The Droidicas? The... Trade Federation roly-poly droids because they yeah. were just so they were so awesome. You just wheel around the oh, battlefield, yeah. then deploy, 
shields up and it's just like yep i am an invincible turret now no one can kill me <laughs> and it's just you destroy everything and then your shield would run out you'd roll up into a ball and then you travel too fast to be able to be shot and it, you just <laughs> completely destroy everything is that thing it was completely op and it was amazing you're op face is op your mom's op <laughs> Uh, yes she is so i think that's going to wrap up this edition of the digital critical gaming podcast don't you guys i think we're at a good point here all right so that that that's that thank you for listening uh be sure to subscribe on itunes and rate us all of those ratings help bring us further up in the uh search page the higher we are in the search page, the more people subscribe to us. The more people subscribe to us means the more money I can get at advertisers. So <laughs> that I just quit my job that I can actually make a living doing podcasting and other such things. So help a brother out. Make sure to subscribe and star us up. You can also check us out on digitalcriticalgaming.com. If you have any feedback or story suggestions, you can email feedback at digitalcriticalgaming.com. We're also on Twitter, at DigitalCritical. You can follow us. We retweet all sorts of good game deals and other game news that we find throughout the week. So for Dan Bailey, Corey Andrews, and Roger, I'm Kyle. See you next time. Good luck, have fun, and play safe. Bye! Bye! Bye, everyone. See ya. Bye! Lay down. <laughs> <laughs>